You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders Podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters of the Kansas State Radio Network, Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle Kansas City Star, and Ryan Black of the Manhattan Mercury and RyanRance.com. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Bowl of Peanuts or something again. Uh, Switch it around. We, NASCAR was one week. Did you say Bowl of or Boiled? Boiled. Uh, okay. It sounded like Bowl of. It did. Yeah. Bowl of Peanuts. Bowl of Peanuts. Oh, boy, boys. we got good things to talk about. Kansas State actually looked like uh, a pretty darn good football team again. It's kind of amazing how they cycle through things. But they do beat Iowa State 27-17, and the fourth quarter was maybe their best they played all year. I think the way they dominated that fourth quarter was very interesting to me, but uh, we will get into all that right after Matt Walters does his thing. Life is full of moments, big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. I have to admit, guys, I'm a little disappointed. This was Farmageddon and there was no chaos. There's always chaos at the end of Farmageddon. Ten-point victory, just kind of. There was a wind that was blowing at about 40 to 50, if you want to. wind again. Throw that in the chaos category. I mean, you were on the field. It was really swirling, though. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, up in the press box, you could see the flags at the south end of the field just pointing due east. It was just coming right out of the west. But the trash was coming across the field the opposite way. And then would lift up in the air. Isn't it like your new favorite minor league baseball team, the wind surge? Oh, my God, it was a wind surge. It was. That's what they're talking about. It was a wind surge. There you go. Good point. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that, that's bad wind news surge. for that team because nobody wanted to watch that game in those conditions. No. That wind was surge. a dynamite drop-in, Monty. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen uh, the stands that it was the bill clear out like that. It was No judgment. I wouldn't have been out there yeah, either. Yeah, no. At man. halftime, it was pretty remarkable. I mean, like, not that it was a huge sellout anyway, but like just at, at halftime, man, it just seemed like that whole other side of the stadium opposite the press box just like completely was gone. I thought K-State just missed their opportunity in the first half to get that one more play to kind of blow it open. You know, there was a, what, the sack and that was taken away. There was a couple penalties that uh, or an interception that was overturned because it was something else. I don't know. It, there was just opportunities there to open it up and they ended up, Callis, you noted it, um, that, man, they had the worst starting field position maybe in the history of football for for an entire half, and yet scored 14 points somehow. K-State, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, they started every drive inside their 10, didn't they? For a while, they were averaging 18. That was where their starting position yeah. was, their own 18, which is pretty bad. Pretty bad. I mean, they were just pinned back there the whole half. And to their credit, they put together one really good drive, Matt. Uh, that was a nice drive in the first half to go with the Josh Youngblood touchdown on the opening kickoff. And, and as you said, they and Chris Kleiman was a little agitated, I think, still coming out of the, the locker room. is 
you know, he said we we just missed making a couple of plays. If we make a couple of plays, uh, everything looks totally different right now. And you know, the third quarter was kind of blah, and then mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, you know, K State made the plays in that 15 minute stretch that they did didn't in the first 30. Third quarter was blah, Brian. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, but. K-State had two turnovers. Could have been in horrible position there, and the defense was really remarkable in that third quarter. I'm almost positive, guys. It has to be the first time all season that, that Thompson had back-to-back turnovers. I mean, just because I remember I so. we were heading into, I guess, the West Virginia game, there was all the talk about he'd only had one interception the whole season and then tossed two in that game. Uh, but, you know, like you said, just the defense, just every time it had to come up with a stop, I mean, it did it. And you got to give. I think we talk about all. You just got to give Scotty Hazelton and the, the group of assistants on that side of the ball so much credit for how many injuries they've overcome. I mean, from the Justin Hughes at the beginning of the season to now, obviously not even playing with either of their starting corners Saturday. It's pretty pretty remarkable what that group's done. Yeah, it was. It was. The, and of course, I think the wind greatly affected. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the MVP of this game for K State, and especially their defense, was the wind. wind Iowa yeah. State could not throw the ball, and even when it was on the money, the receivers couldn't catch it because it was just wobbling all, all over the place. So they hit. A, they hit Brock Purdy too. I think they kind of bugged him because he didn't look like oh he was a the mess. same quarterback that, that we'd seen much of the year. He was a mess. He, I mean, you're right, Kellis. He couldn't throw the ball with confidence. The receivers couldn't catch the ball with confidence, and on top of that, he was being chased. They, you know, only got him down once or twice, but. They hit him, and they, they made their presence felt. And He wanted nothing to do with Wyatt Hubert. No. <laughs> no, he kind of saw Wyatt Hubert and said, I'm out of here a couple times. And it was uh, really, really a nice thing to see. And as Coach Kleiman said, it took away their deep threat, which kind of sets up a lot of what they do in the passing game. They want to get you over the top or at least stretch you, you know, vertically down the field, and they, they weren't able to do that at all. And they bottled up Brees Hall. Brees Hall's good, man. They did a good job with him, but he got loose a couple times. He only averaged 3.3 a carry. Yeah, yep. for the way he got away a couple times to only average 3.3 says how frustrating a day. So you take away their run and they can't pass. The Kansas State defense held Iowa State to under 100 yards in the second half. They just didn't let him do anything. And it was a blah fourth quarter because K-State's defense was dominating. And then that K-State offense just started running the ball. I think it was 17 straight runs to finish off the game. Um, and that's that's the Kleiman, Messingham, Hazleton brand they want to play. That was the story of the game for me, that they rushed for 231 against the Big 12's best run defense. I didn't think they could do that, especially in those conditions when they couldn't throw the ball to get – you know, to alleviate some pressure in that area. I thought they would have more trouble than usual running the ball on them. And then they pull out Jordan Brown and Jacardier Wright, of all people, and just out there finding these big holes, scoring touchdowns on them. That was the most impressive thing to me, that this offense that at times has had trouble running the ball, especially lately with people selling out to stop them. I thought I Iowa State would be able to do it, and Kansas State delivered, so kudos to them. You guys might remember at the beginning of the season, I was always very high on Jacardier Wright, and I really think that if he had not been battling this nagging high ankle sprain that Chris Kleiman uh, mentioned to us after the game, I think he would have he would have played a lot more this year. I, I really think. I, I think he's going to be fantastic at K-State. I do too. I think he's going to be really, 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 really good. I actually, I mean, hey, Put it on the podcast. Put it out there wherever you want to say it. He is going to be the best freshman running back from this class when it's all said and done. He's going to be better than Joe Irvin. 
Well, he'll probably start next year for him. Mark it down. Ryan Black just said that. Well, he's got some size, and I think that's yeah. one thing Ryan K State will he have. He is a physical. He's like he's the guy you talk about. You want him coming off the bus first. K State's going to have different kinds of running backs now moving forward. They're going to have somebody big and physical with wheels like Jacardier, and then they'll have the Joe Irvins of the world, the the Deuce Vaughns mm-hmm. of the world that you know rush for 400 yards. Harry uh-huh. Trotter too. Yeah, Harry Trotter. Don't forget about. Yeah, he did. By the way, he had a phenomenal – I wish I could remember exactly what play it was. It was one of the touchdown runs. He had a phenomenal block where he just took a guy's knees out. He's a great blocker. There's a, hey, you know who you don't want coming off the bus first? Me, followed by Fitz. No, that – And I, I mean that nicely, Fitz, but I mean I no. knocked myself first because they're like, man, look at the, the short, fit, thin guy, and then they got the bald, fat guy. We're going to kill this Especially thing. since you're the defensive end and I'm, <laughs> I'm the running back. It's really not impressive at all. Yeah. You not got Matt at quarterback, though. He'll save it. <laughs> oh, crap. Fitz, Fitz reminds me of Joe Hall right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some big, no speed. Joe's a big boy. Joe's a big boy. It's so funny when I, when I see Joe, though. He's still got these pencil legs and he's just got all this mass it's got a- I challenged him every game this year home and on the road I said when do you want to run the 40 let's go because I'm going to beat you and I'm damn near 50 Oh, he would no, we, had, we had a good time with that. Joe's a lot of fun. Uh, he'd get you. Well, and guys, he I, would. I, <laughs> he'd get you. How about a stat here? And I know, again, obviously the wind played some kind of effect on this. It, just the whole thing about, well, why would you kick to, to Josh Youngblood? Going into the game, because I looked this up. Iowa State had the fewest touchbacks of any Big 12 team entering last Saturday. They only had 12 all year. So I knew they were, I mean, unless the wind aided them, you know, Youngblood well, and Brooks were going to get chances to return. Who knows where they intended to kick it? I mean, <laughs> I don't think they did. I think the wind messed, I think the wind played with the kick. I, I, the way me. they covered it, it kind of told me the well, coverage team was wasn't just, expecting it to be in his well, I'm saying, But all I meant was just that if you go by their numbers the whole year, they'd only had 12 touchbacks. The yeah, that's all I meant, was that you probably knew they were going to have opportunities to return. And, yeah. and speaking of great blocking. Oh, Philip Brooks. Philip Bro- oh. You already knew what I was going to say. Yeah, Man, Burks. two on the same play. Two. Yeah, he deserves more credit in that touchdown. He does. He does, for sure. Than Youngblood. Hey, no question. I mean, it was really, really impressive. He knocked two guys on their two. butts. But that first one just really sprang it all. I mean, he little Phillip Brooks was bullying the Cyclones because those were bigger dudes that he took yeah. out. Impressive. It was a nice win for Kansas State to finish 8-4. and four. And I don't know about you boys, but anyone who told me they were going to win eight games in the regular season, I thought was insane. And it turns out the insane people were perfectly sane. What a what a remarkable season. When you look back and you still see victories that they left on the table at Texas and certainly West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, it, it is really amazing how good this team was in light of the fact that it was a first year of systems. But all of the injuries that we knew their roster was so depleted without depth. What they did with running back taking over with no scholarship guys. And they developed the depth. They developed I mean, again, great depth. Already referenced that K-State really had at least one, yeah, at least one third-string corner out there on Saturday. Lance Robinson started the season way down there. He had a lot of work to do, and he's put in his work apparently because I don't know about you guys, but I like him. I do too. He's got, he's got do. some of that Chris Canty moxie. Like he's going to get up and you know make some plays. If he folks, got swagger, sure. If folks wondered if this staff could coach, hmm. I think that question got answered pretty quickly. Yeah, it was it was an impressive win, and was not Skylar Thompson's best game. 
It, it just wasn't, and it wasn't. He wasn't capable of that in those conditions. But it was the first game I thought he managed a victory, which, you know, I, I think that's a good sign. He didn't have to make a bunch of throws downfield or take off like at TCU against TCU and have the sixty-yard run. He just kind of, when they got in the groove, he mostly was handing off the ball. It was impressive, impressive. And we failed to mention the fact that they were depleted at receiver enough that. You would really think they were in big trouble with um, no Malik Knowles, Knowles and Gill, Gill both and out. No Joaquin Gill. Well, see, the the only a, time yeah. all year it seems like depth has hurt him in any way was when they were down both Gilbert and Brown. Yeah, for for the stretch when they and as it turns Texas. out, we didn't know it, but Wright also who would have probably <laughs> right. been playing at yeah. that point if he had and Irvin had been hurt too. So really, yeah, Irvin Ir- 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 remember running was... back depth's really been the only thing that's dinged him at Ir- all. Ir- 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 kind of, Ir- kind yeah. of Knowles in that first game against Oklahoma State. I think they missed him then, but I mean defensively, shoot, like it, any eleven guys it seems can go out there and play. That's crazy the way they've done it. Well, I was excited that I know that. I mean, Irvin was supposed to have a huge part of the game plan against Texas before the, the injury that we that we discussed, which I think was separate from his team violation thing. That was a separate deal. So, again, it, it is just kind of – if I'm not wrong, guys, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think we all said best case if you include a bowl win, I think it was seven wins. Am I, am I wrong? Does that sound when we were begin the season? I wrote best – I wrote dream scenario eight and four. So, okay, yeah. so that yeah, didn't include – I undersold that. Didn't include a bowl, though, so you just, you just went with the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. To me, it okay. was five and seven to seven and five. Yeah. That's the way I felt, and I picked six and six. I picked six and six. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would be one of those deals where they had to beat Iowa State to get to six and six. That's kind of what I was imagining. How surprised were you that they beat Iowa State? I thought Iowa State was completely out of sorts. Didn't look like the team I had seen throughout the season. I wasn't shocked just because of just the fact that K State seems to, outside of last year, seems to always find a way to beat. Iowa State. What I was surprised about was, again, and that's what I wrote in my just little two-sentence pick for the game where I picked Iowa State. I just thought the absences of, of Walter Neal and, and Malik Knowles were, were going to hurt a lot more than they did, and they did not hurt at all. Crazy. I was surprised if it was in normal conditions. I think if it was in a dome and they replayed it, I think I'd still maybe even pick Iowa State. But yeah. in those conditions, Kansas State was much tougher, way tougher. Agree with that. I uh, I thought it was going to be a touchdown game either way, but Iowa State just did not have that air of confidence. Well, that they you, had much you remember of the, the play starting to rep, but you remember the play where Brock Purdy took off and like third and fifteen, you have to get it, and he slides like halfway through. Mm-hmm. It's like the polar opposite of what that Mississippi State quarterback did. You know, yeah. I mean, what what are you doing? Why are you even running if you're just going to slide halfway to the first down? That that struck me as a big play in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, why why are you even here trying to win? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Arizona boy did not like the cold, which is weird. He went to Iowa State. They have winter in the summer. And no offense to K-State's tight ends, but I like Iowa State's tight ends. Yeah. Does this take – uh, And combined, Allen and Kohler only had three catches. If you had told me before the game that Charlie Kohler's going to have one grab and not really be a factor all night, then that might have yeah. tilted at how I viewed – the ball That's game. How important taking away their passing game was, whether it was defense or weather or. But because of how K State mm-hmm. likes to use tight ends itself, I thought they would know how to defend them. And right. did, a, did a pretty good job. They did have a couple drops again, but. A lot of drops. Still. Both teams' drops. K State's secondary linebackers did a pretty good job. Does a seven win season in a year that everyone thought Iowa State was going to be a contender kind of tarnish the Matt Campbell? 
superhero image. <laughs> superhero. Like he's, you know, he's. In well, I mean, there's great, other people who would definitely say that that he's the most thing. overrated yearly seven five coach in the land. I mean, I, I again, I think we talked about this last week where we just said that I think in a way they were victims of that high pick because maybe they were never as good as what. The pre- there are right, some great players. You know, and, and I would say the other thing is this too. All of this being said about okay, they only went seven and five. Well, right, this is only the second time in history they've ever won seven games in three consecutive seasons. So it's like, well, if they win their bowl game, they'll win eight for just what you said the second time ever when they've won eight. Okay, that's what you said last week was eight. My my apologies. That's what. But I'm just saying, like, so I just feel like when you're talking about a program that has just not historically ever been successful in any kind of consistency, that has to also be part of the the judgment and but i think like you said is that whenever there's like a hot coaching candidate like like he always seems to be uh that that people are going to overly praise him and then when they quote unquote underachieve then they're like oh well, he's not really as good as all these uh you know all these people who are praising and make him out to be i've never understood the nfl stuff yeah i even I don't, I don't quite see why people are saying he's an nfl coach or the the next florida state guy or whatever but i do think he's a good coach i, I do, yeah, I think I do people too. undersell yeah, just how coach. hard it is to win at iowa yes state. that's what i'm getting at you got yeah. iowa on the schedule every year you can't get it off it's not like uh you know the old days here where you could schedule four patsies and then go play in the big 12 north it's it's different now so i'll give him lots of credit for getting to as many bowl games as he had but he's no no superhero for mm-hmm. sure no, a heck of a lot better than Paul Rhodes or Mike. Uh, I was about to say Mike Leach, Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik. Well, Chizik would have won the national title there if he just stayed. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, the Magic Man. Uh, I I'll be interested to see if he takes another job. There's just not many candidates out there for jobs, and there's openings. I mean, if you're in Missouri, maybe. No. You, you, you wait, that he would. Wait, what? What's the? Yeah, well, he what? wouldn't do it, but maybe you're going to go after him. You're saying Missouri going after uh-huh. Campbell? Yeah. I, I mean, he'd be an I idiot. I would politely decline. I, I would yeah. go to Missouri or Arkansas. I wouldn't mess. I'd go to Ole Miss before either one of those just because of recruiting. You know, I've made this point. I'm going to scoot here for a second. Just t- <laughs> scoot? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to, like, if I can just have for a minute. It's all here. I think. Is this the rant? No. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's more of just like just Come on, rant. Do it. You can do more on one rant. Well, I mean, the, the the rant that I would have is this stuff, which I thought we were going to get into about the bowls. Well, we'll the, get to that in the second half. So, it is, as I was telling Greg Woods, who just covered his last game for the Mercury on oh, Saturday. Yeah. You fired him, finally? He, well, <laughs> he – I'm not going to go into some of the post-game stuff, but he's he's a good kid overall. Um, <laughs> love Greg. But I explained to him that I think that – you could make the argument that Arkansas is the toughest job in the SEC, just in terms of okay, you know, Vandy is what it is, and Kentucky right. is what it is, and so the expectations there are never going to be what they are at some of the other quote unquote football heavy Agreed. schools. Arkansas, being in the West, which has been the tougher division now for the better part of a dozen years, you're competing against six other schools, which. You know, they're fighting to do the exact same thing that you are every year on top of the fact that of all of these states in the SEC West, Arkansas produces the least amount of in-state talent. Because say what you want to, and it's what I was talking about with Arnie, uh, Arnie Green of the Salina Journal, is that, hey, in Mississippi, kids care about those two in-state schools plus the JUCO stuff. So, like, Arkansas, you have to go into Texas. You have to go elsewhere to get kids to come there. So I just really, again, you – I'm going to be fascinated to see who they get because I just think that is a massively tough job. 
And, I want to talk yeah. about something random next week. Well, I mean, if we, but we brought it up because of the fact that you know all these jobs are. This whole open. podcast is kind of random. <laughs> yeah, I just, do we I have just, another one next week, or is this it? We can. I plan on keep going. Oh, okay. I plan on keep going in basketball. If you okys okay. will have me, all right. If you guys will well, continue to he, join here's me, here's something that's not random. If you'll let me ask a question. Mm-hmm. What do you guys? What have you guys been more impressed? If you know, because if you remember, guys, at the beginning of the year, I think we all said that K State would give up an average of twenty eight a game, and Kellis, you said like thirty three or something. So, have you guys been more impressed by the defense or the offense this year? Defense. Defense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Defense. Okay. Well, there you go. It's a clean sweep. Yeah, I, I'm really amazed. I with, and the injuries over there, we don't talk about them because they just don't bother them. Yeah, they win at Mississippi State without Wyatt Hubert. I thought that was a and Walter Neal. Yeah, I mean they just keep Walter Neal didn't play that game. But I also go back to the fact, and we again we knew we were going to see different things. No more bend, but don't break. We saw what you're supposed to do when you play defense. You're supposed yeah. to be aggressive at times. You're supposed to blitz at times. You're supposed to play uh, in a wide receiver's face. You don't give them ten yards. Yep. Every snap, you, it's okay to press once in a while. And you saw in a really offensive conference that even with not six foot, six one, six two corners, when you get good coaching and everybody buys in and everybody's on the same page, you see what can happen. I might have to do this after we get off the podcast, but I'm going to go back to what I still can't believe about the Oklahoma game. They held Oklahoma scoreless in the third. In, in that second quarter, I'm sorry, or third quarter, right? And then they had back-to-back three and outs against that Oklahoma offense. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. Yep. I, they did bend but don't break a little bit in the season. If you look at the number of yards they gave up. Mm-hmm. Right, but what I mean is. But they were still aggressive. They were that. aggressive and played defense. Yeah. They didn't give up a lot of bombs this year, a lot of you know 50-yard pass yeah. plays. Right. They, they were, yes, more aggressive. I'll leave it at that. They just didn't. I thought their best things they did were pre-snap. They had pre-snap. substance. They had they, substance. Pre-snap, they were marvelous because they would line up and bail out. They messed with quarterbacks right. all year. In case they never did that. No. That's what I'm talking no, about. No, they would just line up and say, hey, this is where we're going to stand on this play. <laughs> Run by us. We'll give you 15 yards, but you're not going to get 20. We'll give you 10 yards, but yeah. you're not going to get 15. Yeah, it was. They crap. confused the hell out of some opposing teams. They really yeah. did. They confuse the hell out of me at times. I think they're bringing a blitz from over here, and all of a sudden their safeties are running backwards or corners are covering over the top. It was like, what's going on here? And still two of my favorite plays were the the interceptions by Daquan Patton. One at KU yes. and Texas Tech. Texas Tech. He should have had one in this game. Yeah. Yeah, it just, yeah the wind mm-hmm. screwed that up. That one against KU was my favorite. He yeah. knew where that ball was going. I know. It was exactly where it was going. Yep. And you've never, we haven't seen linebackers do that here in a long time. That was great preparation by the coaches and Daquan to recognize those keys on the field that this was going to be this and just instantly go do it. it was very impressive. Him alone is a great example of how far the defense has come because mm-hmm. he yeah. was bad last year. Yeah. Missed more tackles than anybody else in the conference. And this year he's been a really good linebacker. And I suspect this team will tackle a lot better in year two and three and four than what they did in this season as they just grow used to the system. You know, they still saw McPherson still trying to put the shoulder into guys on Saturday and not wrap up. So I think they'll get that out of them Mm -hmm. in the offseason, and they'll be an even better defense because tackling was their issue that kind of got them a couple times. I think my favorite part of the defense was it just always seemed – 
that Hazleton always dialed up blitzes at the right time. Yeah. Because he was very selective with it, and when he seemed to do it more often than not, it seemed to pay off. And he, it was a great variety of blitzes. Mm-hmm. They'll come from here, mm-hmm. they'll come from there. The D lineman will stunt this way. You know, it's just, it was really fun to watch. It's a fun brand of football, but particularly for me. I'm old school. I like running the football. I don't like all the let's, you know, fast break football up and down the field. What was he called me last week? Something old school? No, no, no. Something dinosaur. Uh, dinosaur jockey. No, no, no. Then there was oh. Uh, Ten four dinosaur. There you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the uh, okay boomer sanitized version. Ten four dinosaur. And, and while we all picked the defense as more impressive, I, I do want to do the same to credit the offense because again, I don't think I, I just feel like there's so much the intention that was focused on the fact that again, you know, they didn't have a single running back on the roster at the beginning of this season that had a carry at K State because obviously Trotter redshirt last year. But, I mean, guys, again, it just seems like it got lost in the middle of the season in terms of as they were winning more and more. But, hey, I mean, the fact that this team you know, was expected to have Isaiah Zuber and, and, and Hunter Ryzen, and we thought those were going to be two of the three starters. And, you know, just who, I just, I, I'm curious what it would have looked like had, had either of them still been around. That's all. Because they both would have been significant additions to a group that was For pretty sure. good. For sure. You look at the freshmen, the true freshmen that played, whether they played four, more than four games or not. Youngblood, Deneen, Khalid Duke, is he still at four? He's or, over. He did go over. Mm-hmm. Um, the running backs, Irvin and Wright. Um, I'm forgetting someone else. But uh, all the late guys that they found, they were all in the group of their recruits, not the ones, the commitments they inherited from the previous staff. It really intrigues me to see what, the group well, Irvin was one of the ones they didn't hear it. He was already. He was? Yeah, he, Irvin had already. Duke, too, right? <clears throat> so, I think the old staff. Okay. Obviously, Maybe. Wright was a super late addition because he had a really weird, like, he, he didn't sign right until, like, April. He had a really weird. Yeah. Well, but like a lot of them were the new. A lot, a lot of them were the new, new guys, like and, you said. And they found them on Duke short was notice. definitely. Brown and Gilbert. I mean, they're not. Oh, Brown and Gilbert, yeah. Brown and Gilbert would not have been here. And now those freshmen get an incredibly valuable 15 practices. Oh, yes. It's amazing. So we're talking about a pair of freshman running backs that will play four and probably three games apiece because oh, of Oh, Chris Heron. You didn't say Chris Heron. Chris Heron was an earlier one, but he didn't really play that much. Jaron Lewis. Jaron Lewis is a late find. They love him at quarterback. You mm-hmm. get all these guys extra practices now, so it's gonna it'll pay I, off. It's just it's really impressive to me. Well, this new rule really gives you an advantage as a new coach. You can supplement games. You've, they use their players wisely. Probably didn't see as many players as I thought we'd see, just because the games got tight in the second half of the season. But now you get them the 15 practices, and those guys will come back as freshmen. Man, it's. I like I told you guys, I love the rule because again. Just the fact that they're like, hey, we didn't really need Jacardier a lot, but like, hey, we feel like we really maybe need him this game, especially after James Gilbert went out with whatever his undisclosed injury was. Just that I just love that you can kind of uh, pick and choose what, what four games you want to play. It's not like they don't lock it in where it's like you have to play in the first four games or something like that. I love the rule, but I would make an exception on it saying it has to be a first-year player, Division One player. Yeah, I'm with you there. So that a, a senior can't play three, four games uh, and then the decide Houston to transfer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, he's played three games, but we're going to sit him the rest of the year and tank it, a.k.a. Yeah. 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 I, agree you, with, I agree with that. That's you saw uh, Khalil Herbert at, at Kansas you. Yeah. play four games, and then now he's going to senior transfer. I don't think that was in any no. way seen as an intention Th- of the rule. Yeah, loophole. 
Like I said, they got to close it. And good for those kids that are taking advantage of it. But, yeah, I think it should be freshmen or, you know, JUCO transfers that are mm-hmm. in their first year. Not yep. a guy that played a year and then transferred down. Um, if you if you played Division One football, then you've already used that option. The yeah. other thing I don't like about it is just so many players utilize it and then graduate early and then just use it as, a, as an excuse to transfer later. Yeah, I agree. Agree. That's one reason why I'm not all that big on redshirting to begin with. I think it's very overrated. Especially now, yeah, with the senior rule that, you know, a guy like Zuber can just get up and leave because he got his work done and, you know, you redshirted him and he got his degree and out he goes. For a variety of reasons he left, but it's just, you know. I mean, Gilbert and Brown are both that way. They're both good kids that just decided they wanted to be somewhere else. Okay, guys, I actually have to ask one more thing. Yeah. Um. So I brought up defense and offense. Would you guys ever have imagined that special teams would have been this good? With Not that? the way it started you know I mean? with just the look, buffs. Obviously, what Youngblood's done. I mean, Ankle is going to probably now set the single-season punting average record. Blake Lynch. And Blake Lynch is having one of the best seasons in K-State history in terms of accuracy. Yeah, when they were muffing those punts. In but the you're right. Part, oh, yeah, the muff punts were bad. I was really worried there wasn't enough attention oh, yeah. to the detail. Yeah. But as it progressed, I thought – Climate's answer Saturday was really intriguing that they melded together the return philosophies that K-State's had for years with some of his philosophies. So it wasn't his or K-State's. They were just kind of all put together into something new. And I think he was a little bit surprised it worked so well. I I just every time I see that stat about how many returns K State has for touchdowns since '05, it just it never non-offensive touchdowns. Yeah, it just never ceases to amaze me. It's It's crazy. But Joshua Youngblood, the first time he returned a kickoff, and he didn't go very far, I knew something was different about this kid. He just took the ball and definitively went somewhere, and the gap closed up on him. But I'm like, man, if there's a gap and he hits that, he's going to be gone. And that's one of the guys in particular. I, I know I referenced him on the air Saturday night. When you talk about the freshmen and, the, and getting these guys the extra 15 practices, those 15 are going to help Josh Youngblood. Mm. Maybe they're going to help him on the return side of it. But receiver side. But the receiver side is where he That's and has said and talked about he's got to grow. Because there were a couple of routes. There's a little flare pass to the near sideline Saturday that he, he stopped running. I don't know if he was worried about getting hit or whatever, but man, get, get him more reps at wide receiver. And the more that cat knows what's going on. Did we, how many catches did he have this year? Well, he reminded us on Saturday that many. he was a quarterback I'm, last year and not allowed to return kicks, so he had never done it before. I'm going to guess seven. I don't know that off my head. I'm just throwing yeah, it. I think it seven. It wasn't double digits, I don't think. He yeah. probably had more carries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more jet sweeps. Yep. How about that jet sweep they ran to Dalton Schoen last oh, year? That's effective. <laughs> I, I love Dalton, but he doesn't put the word jet into jet sweep. He, you know, just kind of a twin prop. Yeah, he just kind of gets you there efficiently. <laughs> you know, mm. he'll he'll beat a guy because he'll he's got he's got good route running ability, but he's not running by many people back there. I thought that was they interesting. Gave, they gave Youngblood a straight handoff last game, didn't they? Yep, yep yeah. they did. Field and used him as a running back. Yep, that was sweet. I love it. I, this offense is fun. It, it'll show once he figures out how to play receiver, he could be really, really good. He's doing everything else right. Yep. I agree. Yep. Well, we'll take a little break here on the Powercat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. And on the other side, we're going to talk a little hoops. We're going to talk a little bulls. We're going to have a Ryan rant. And uh, we'll probably have more fun stuff. I don't know. Maybe some knife fighting. I'm not sure. you got to come back. 
Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Controversy has erupted in the WTC Geek Pirate Studios during the break. Matt finally realized. No, I realized it early on. Oh, no. Ryan has shaved his face. You know, I'm with you. I'm Team Ryan, no beard. I like you better without. I mean, it takes years off my life. It does. If, if like I mean, a, like in a positive way, not like literally. Good thing. I, hope. I mean, if you don't like to look mature and uh, statesman, it's because I have white in my 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 beard now. It's like it'd be different if I was still all one color. <laughs> yeah, but Matt, you're like I mean, I look thirty five. You're just you got a few years on me, is all. So I mean, you know, you you look. You know, Thank what do they call it? Experienced and like the George Clooney ish, you know. You know, like, like oh, he's got looks. kissing that button now, man. But I, I'm just saying, like, for me, I don't need like, like white in my beard. Can at I 30. see your ID, please? <laughs> exactly. You went from you a get solid ID 30 buy. plus. <laughs> Do your parents know you're here? Did you know this this uh, album Have you lost contains, your parents? <laughs> contains explicit lyrics and some some subject matter? That you know. What daycare did you escape from? <laughs> oh no! This is the Powercat Insiders podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. I hope they don't regret it. Whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Kellis Robnett, and Ryan Black. Babyface Black. Babyface Black. It's I like if I was a 1930s gangster, that would be my nickname. Babyface Black. And then <laughs> when you're... Robin Banks. Ah, then... you'll never catch me, copper. Ah. <laughs> yes. All you're I gotta on the do... run, you let the beard grow. No, and that was what one of these great comedians brought up, Fitz, is that back in the day when you robbed a bank, you literally could tell them your name. And as long as you got out of the bank before the cops got there, they weren't going to get you. That's just how it was back in those days. Like, you could just go town to town robbing whatever you wanted. And you were a hero to people. Robbing from the rich to not give to the poor to keep for yourself, but you're still living every man's dream. That'd be great. Once Robbing we'll banks. Have, once we'll have the shootout in the streets and people die, but they blame the cops for that. That's great. Well, see, because you could hop in the in the taxi and say, step on it. You really are from a different area. I'm sorry. You really are from a different area. <laughs> in a different region. <laughs> I know. I I'm know. sorry. It's, it's great. That's why I thought you said that, that tweet, Kellis, of like the old reporters. That's what you were referencing was me. The journalist thing. I no, it. I was trying to copy. You know, yeah. all the fans say cats, and then put the photo of a football player. On. Yeah, I felt left out, so I wanted to do something for us. I put journo. Well, see, I just thought it was on only there. referencing me, just because like they were all old school looking journalists. Man, you got were. some ego. No, but I mean, I, uh, well, I just thought uh, when I face. he is from the south. <laughs> <when> I, <laughs> keep that in mind. I guess you weren't there in Lubbock, but uh, before you got there, I was talking to Matt and those guys about doing that. So we need to get our own. Uh, our own Twitter chain going. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Y'all can jump in for the bowl game. I'm going to do it okay. again. Well, let's okay. go there. Where, <laughs> where do you – first of all, do you guys think the Big 12 will get two into the New Year Six? Yes. You do? Yes. I think and, Unless I think one so. of them gets just mauled in the yeah. game. Yeah, true. 
If you, Oklahoma loses Saturday, yeah. Oh, you think that's you the only way Oklahoma wins? You think Baylor will drop? No, I've, well, I think they're more likely to not invite two loss Baylor than right. two loss Oklahoma. That's just. But based if Oklahoma on the gets in the playoff, they'll be in anyway. Right. Do you guys not think they're going to get in the playoff? Um, it really all comes down to what happens with Utah. I'd rather <laughs> Oklahoma than Utah. I'd rather Oklahoma. Yeah, I think if Oklahoma's coming out of the Big 12, they hop Utah. If it's Baylor, then it's going to get real interesting because they don't want either one of them. You know what's funny is I saw this bowl projection from somebody recently where they made this whole point that, like, oh, well, you know, you have to put Utah in over a one-loss Oklahoma because one-loss Utah's loss is better than Oklahoma's one-loss. You know who who Utah's one-loss is to? USC. 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 Who's constantly going to fire Clay Helton. Just fire him already. I know. Just fire him. Put him out of his misery. Take him out, you know, behind the the shed and just not actually shoot him, but just give him his money and tell him to go. God, just old Yeller does that. Yeah. (laughs) K-State plays USC in a bowl game. Is Clay Helton going to be the head coach? Yes. Yeah, he will. I guess they won't he, fire him. They won't fire him. I don't think they're going to fire him now because of that Iranius report. You know, what? from the Iranius? Erroneous. Yeah, sorry. the first SI report. That, yeah, the that first was one. An accent. That was just southern. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That might have actually helped him though, like because I think now they want to look like they don't want to say that guy was right by firing him. He went eight and four in a bad year, beat USC, then went a bowl. They get to nine. UCLA. I don't know. Beat why. UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you'd fire him. I agree. That'd be a fun bowl. Before you ask us if you're going to where we think K-State's going to go, what's going to be wrong in all this is if Texas winds up in the Camping World Bowl playing Notre Dame. Or the Alamo Bowl playing USC. USC. I mean, if they, you know, they are 5-3. and three. Their loss. 4. 5-4, and four, excuse yeah. me. Their loss in the non-conference was to LSU. Beat K-State. I, yeah, I can see it, but. They're not going to get picked on their resume. They're going to get picked on their name, period, end of story. It's very frustrating, but it is about TV ratings now. It's about TV ratings. I have overestimated for a number of years the impact of hotel rooms and tickets. They make the schools buy tickets. You're forced to buy an allotment, and a lot of the tickets are sold to sponsors. They make them buy tickets. So they're already sold their tickets going into the game, and at the big picture, yeah, they'd love to help the economy of the town, but it doesn't affect their bottom line. TV ratings do. See, that's that's where my my rant is. I think the Big 12 should just – they, 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 I don't, I don't care what you guys maybe necessarily think about. They should have some kind of system in place where it, it takes into account that hey, a team just because they can sell more tickets or like you said here, getting higher TV ratings, that doesn't mean you should be able to leapfrog a team that had a much better season. Now, I'm not saying they need to do that every year. Maybe they can make a, like a, a, a one-year exception that like let's say uh, you're this bowl and you've been forced to pick whatever team by standings. Like every year, but like once every five years or something, you get to say, okay, hey, I want to use this exception because I really want Texas or I really want Oklahoma State. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just so, again, a team with a more deserving season doesn't purposely get sent down to a smaller bowl just because they don't have as large a following as Texas or somebody. I agree. I, and it, know, bo- it bothers me that the, that the Big 12 doesn't well, have I, that kind of system in place. I like the rule that the Pac-12 has where if you're two games clear of somebody else, you can't get leap problems. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good Big 12 used year, to have. And this year I get it. All those, all those teams finished third. They all finished third. They all third. finished third in the Big 12. But I, in reality, if Texas had lost to Texas Tech and finished 6-6, six and six, they still, that wouldn't affect the Camping World Bowl one bet. That's they what I'm getting at, them. yeah, which is wrong. Well, I mean, it's wrong it just in, 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 in my mind, but at the same time, I do understand a bowl, it is a business venture. 
and they want to do what's best for their bottom line. You know, so that that's where again I have kind of the the weird balancing act in my head that I want to reward the teams that do well, but then if I'm a businessman and part of that bowl, I want to do what's best for me and my, you know. If people. the Power Cat is playing the Golden Domers in Orlando, that game will sell out. One hundred percent. If Texas is, it won't. I no, agree. I agree. It, it won't sell the leftover You're talking about tickets. actual butts in seats? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. K-State fans will go they, they will, they will go crazy. It'll be a purple caravan. If K-State's playing Notre Dame in it Orlando. It will be because they'll look at air flights to Orlando in December and decide we're going to make the 24-hour drive. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. Will you just carry me? Nope. Okay. Man, it's a long drive from, from, like, Georgia to Orlando. I know. At least it's not Miami. I know. That's a long way down there. And you pretty much have to drive on Christmas Day to get it done. So it's going to be interesting. Get on the Florida Turnpike for a while. Oh, boy. I haven't done that yet in my life. I have. What ball y'all think K-State ends up in? Texas. Texas. <sighs> See, I've... I thought that, but I guess... The more I kind of hear, Bulls don't really like Oklahoma State. They don't like that they lost, and they're worried that their best players aren't going to play in the bowl game. Ooh, I hadn't even thought mm. about that. Something in it will be Alamo. Mm, that plot thickens. Which, uh, as long as Baylor makes the the New Year's Six. I think Chuba's been I think it'll be Alamo or, uh, or camping. Well, that's good. I mean, hmm. I, I don't want to pay the expense of the Camping World Bowl, but that is certainly a, a bowl Kansas State's never been to. Fans would love to go to Orlando, even if it is expensive and a long drive. They will get there. I know them. Um, and it would be a great opponent. Aren't you just well, glad they're not going back to Phoenix? I don't, right. want, it. I don't want anything to do I with like Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, I, I like, like Phoenix bowl. itself, but I, I just... But, uh, Kellis, I'm talking about it from a fan's <clears throat> perspective, that, that I just feel like you've been to Phoenix so many times. Unless you're going to the Fiesta Bowl, you know, you don't want it. Well, you were in the Texas Bowl three years ago. You were in the Liberty Bowl two years ago. You were in the Alamo Bowl five years ago. Whatever you do, it's a repeat. I mean, other than the camp. Yeah, the Big 12 needed to freshen their bowls, and they didn't. <laughs> I, I think the Cheez-It Bowl, whatever the bowl will be I did not want year, Liberty. Yeah. I'm really happy with anything other than Liberty. It, uh, I think they need to rebrand and be a Mountain West and something else championship game. I mean, that. We know you won the Las Vegas Bowl. I'm mad. Holiday Bowl would be great. They need to get that. Well, I think Las Vegas should do two bowls now that they're going to have a great stadium. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. They should do two bowls. They should have a big-time bowl. I think if there's an expansion of the playoff, I think that certainly will come into play there. But um, No to Memphis. How long ago did 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 the Big 12 drop the holiday? It's been Mm -hmm. quite a while. Memphis just needs to fix that stadium. They need to either build a new stadium, Blow fix the stadium. Blow it yeah, up. Yeah, it's in a bad part of town. It's uh. it's just. And I'll bring the dynamite. <laughs> yeah, it's and the blasting caps. Go to Memphis. Go to Commerce Bank, where Matt Walters might have. If you need to find a new bowl, you need to find a new stadium in Memphis. Come chat. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, oh, the press box is awful. The stadium's awful. The parking's awful. I I love the fact that it was going to be on New Year's Eve day. Last time they went to Memphis, uh, we were in a different hotel. It wasn't, wasn't it on January 2nd? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a bad part of town we were in. It really wasn't. Um, it was right by, well, I don't think it was. It was by the FedEx headquarters. It was right across the street from us at midnight. There wasn't gunfire. There was automatic gunfire. <laughs> and they were, like, talking to each other. We don't want that. Okay, well, that's not good. It's not good. Wow. 
Memphis. That's where Michael Orr's from. Do you have another rant or what? No, the bowl thing was really what I was really fired up about. I, I just, like I said, I just, I hope for the, uh, you know, the, the teams who deserve to get rewarded get rewarded, and we'll see. Do you prefer how this... the SEC system where they just pick the bowls for the team? Yes. Because then it takes out all of this, just, you know, the bowls being kind of <laughs> gerrymandering. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But then it gets into a lot of moving parts there. I mean, I was afraid Mississippi State would end up in the Liberty and K-State well, would end up in well, the Liberty. Well, and, and you got to remember, too, though, Kellis, part of that is, is because so many of the same SEC teams are going to the same bowls every year, and they were trying to make sure that didn't keep happening. Mm. That was part of it, which is trying to make sure that whoever it may be, you know, Georgia, Auburn, whoever, don't keep going back to the Outback or the Citrus Bowl. Whatever that one's called now, the Citrus is called something. I can't remember what their corporate sponsor is. Or the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. So Wait, what is the Citrus Bowl now? I'm trying to remember what it's called. I thought it was still the Citrus Bowl, is it not? Well, I mean, maybe it has some kind Capital of Capital One Bowl? That's it. That's it, yeah. That's Capital One, yeah. And the Gator Bowl was what's now the Tax Slayer Bowl. And in the Jackson. State or Michigan always wind up in. Do what? So Michigan or Penn State always winds up down there. I was always in the outback. Iowa. I was always in the outback. They never for sure. Well, so. it's just ridiculous. They talk about the tradition of bowls have to be upheld, and they've all changed their name to corporate sponsors. Yeah. And they they don't pick the most deserving teams. They just pick whoever they can get the best ratings for. I don't see much great tradition in how they behave nowadays. So I'm all for eight teams. I'm all for every Power Five gets their champion in, plus. Uh, Two at larges and one for the the rest of the six, the leftovers, mm-hmm. if they're highest high enough ranked. How high would they need to be ranked? You're in top fifteen. Yeah, sixteen. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or you could set something weird and say, if someone's ranked higher than the top seven choices from the Power Five, they get in. You wouldn't let them in as the lowest ranked team. I don't know. You could make it really complicated so fans had no idea what's going on. That's my plan. Let's make it. But yeah, it already is. I know. But at, <clears throat> we're seeing it this year because you can tell from, I don't want to say body language because that's not right, but from people don't want Utah. They don't want Baylor. And that's what frustrates me. Brands. They will. It will happen to Kansas State if Chris Kleiman builds this thing. Kansas State's eleven to one. Oh, we don't really want them. Well, it's why Baylor and TCU didn't. Yeah, make the it Baylor here. TCU no. with the Ohio State year. And it's just it's crap. It's just got to stop. And eight stops it. If you win your league, you're in. Nobody gets to pick you. You get to pick you by winning your league. And then the last two can be SEC teams. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama, regardless of record. Right. <laughs> Alabama at three and eight is in. And they lost to Jacksonville in November. I don't know. It, it the Jaguars? Me. Uh, isn't there university? Yeah. You're talking about Jacksonville State. Yeah. Do they even play football? Yes. They do, yeah. They actually almost beat Auburn a few years ago. They there had to go. go to overtime. They're good, they're good you should have said Florida A&M would have been a perfect yeah, segue. They, well, they are, yeah, they are a very, like said, a very good, a very good FCS school, Jacksonville State. Yeah. I don't know. If the whole thing frustrates me, but K-State will go to a bowl, and they aren't going to Phoenix for the, you know, Cal. Say, I think the, one of the reasons why you like that bowl is you're not paying the expenses to go to that bowl, <laughs> and then end up in that bowl to have them tell you, oh, you can't, 
you can't videotape the bull. You can't shoot anything. Which they've now changed the rule, and I take credit for that. Because that, that I, that's still so bizarre to me that happened. It was like I've never heard of such a thing. They were applying the Fiesta Bowl rules because ESPN kind of owns the venue on that. Correct. Day, to their lesser bowl, and I'm like, no. I mean, this isn't that bowl. This is easier for us. Well, it's not easier for us. It's very frustrating. Didn't I, get footage of of Alex Delton taking his first touch for a touchdown. Hey, you didn't get. We didn't get anything from the game. K State always wins there, though. Yep. They do. They keep changing the name. K-State's been there, what, four or five four, times? Four times. Four times, and it's been a different name every time. Have they ever lost that bowl? I don't think so. Yeah, they lost the inside, didn't they? Got right, blasted okay. one year by Syracuse. Yeah. All right, so four and one, five and one, something like that. Well, it would be three and one, right? Because they've been four times. Cactus, Insight, Copper, what was in between? Buffalo, Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings. Wild Wings. That was a good buffet at halftime. <laughs> Are we talking hoops? <laughs> Let's just talk. Buffalo Wild Wings. Matt wants to move this along. I know. He's got banking to do. Challenge accepted. How, right. how bad was that in Fort Ooh. Myers, Kellis? It was bad. <laughs> they could, could you see the body language from the team like, oh, crap, where this is really a bad sign? Well, I mean, the whole last five minutes of the Bradley game, Bruce just kept walking up and down the sidelines telling the players to shut up, quit complaining, and accept that oh. they got their asses beat. So. That's a bad. bad. <laughs> Pretty much everybody on the on the bench tried to get a technical in the last two minutes of that game. Well, Bruce yeah. did. Yeah, Bruce Cardi did. did. Cardi did. Sean Williams tried as hard as he could to get one, uh, but they escorted him off the court. Oh, doggone it! But yeah, it was it was bad. They, uh, you know, everybody was mad when they were picked ninth in the preseason. I think they looked like the tenth best team in the Big Twelve. They sure did. They, I think I overestimated Xavier Steen's ability to score without somebody just feeding him the ball. And that's really what's going on here. The freshmen are good. They're, their freshmen are probably exceeding what you would expect from them at this point in the year, being freshmen. But it's the upperclassmen that are struggling. I mean, Xavier's not shooting the ball very well. Cardi's a disaster as the main point guard. They're going to have to. McGirl's giving you nothing. My girls, Max, Matt can't stay. Matt can't stay on the floor. I'll say this: Stockard plays way too much. My girl's better than I thought he'd be. I'll say that. That's how low my expectations were. (laughs) Um, I think you. It it frustrates me that when Williams came back, they took away Sloan's minutes. What it appears that has happened, because I think that there's something to that kid. He's got stuff to learn. As Matt, I think said, he doesn't defend like they want him to. He at least passes, but he creates. He's the best passer on the team. He creates, and I would. I would put him in the lineup, move Cardi over to the two, and and just bring McGurl in off the bench because he's an energy guy. He comes in there. He's not really that gifted as a basketball player, but he'll give you energy. And Levi Stockard gives you no energy. And not that not that gifted as a basketball player. He's and not. he's a Power Five scholarship player. He's starting. He's starting, and Levi Stockard just frustrates the hell out of me. I'm casual. I'm well, just not that gift. The worst thing about Stockard is he's the one guy Bruce will play during through foul trouble because he doesn't care if he fouls out or not. True. Which means he ends up playing more than everybody else. True. Well, because wish, he doesn't defend wish, hard enough to foul I out. I wish he would try that with some of his other talented figs. Did you see him defending on that pitch final shot? It's like he went up to the contested shot and then, then put his hands back because he didn't want to foul. And I'm like, what? So the guy had a clean look. 
I'm not as hard on Sean as you guys are, though. I mean, I thought he was the one bright spot in that he did game play. Wednesday. Well, he was a net zero. I mean, he made some shots, made just many mistakes. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, he's, he's played better than what I thought he would coming back from that suspension. We're taping this on Monday. They play Florida A&M on Monday. I would say this is a get healthy game, but <laughs> I don't know. Florida, I Florida A&M hadn't won a game yet. 341 in their own five. Winless. This one's they not better get win. You healthy before Marquette, though. No, that that takes a lot of healthy. Get ready. Murphy should be back by then, though. They're undefeated with him in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I mean, they just don't have much room for error. And losing that kid hurts. He's their best of the three freshmen, at least so far. Yep. And they need Gordon uh, Antonio has been a lot better than I thought, though. He was not. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that Monte, and I think I was a lot higher on Monte than a lot of people. And, and I assumed assumed how uh, as good as he was in high school that Dejuan was going to be great. Antonio was the only one I was kind of eh. And and I thought that David was going to be great, David Sloan, because he was a JUCO All American. But uh, really, like I said, I would say if you rank them right now, it would be. Monte, Antonio, tied for third would be the other two, the other two guards. I don't know. You can just see Dejuan's game. It's there. It's there. Oh, yeah. It's just got to – he just is really raw, and but it's there. Oh, yeah. So it's it's going to be – I've been saying it. It's This is going to be a rebuild. I don't think in year seven or eight or whatever it is you should be rebuilding, but it is, and I'm encouraged by the freshmen, and I'm encouraged by the recruiting class, so I see a better future than this. I'm just – they just don't have the right pieces to put together into a team. I will I will echo what you said. I would I would like to see it tried of Sloan at the point. And slide Cardi over to the two, and if it just doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But that's – I think you have to have a really good distributor in this league. He'll come along defensively. That's part of what I think needs to happen. For me, the problem with this team is the fact that Cardi, Xavier, and Mac are all lesser players than you expected them to be, and not even with improvement. They're playing less. They're playing worse now than they were a year ago, and you were hoping for them to be better players, and you're not getting it from your veterans. Yeah, Sneed. I mean, if you think back to Sneed last year, all of his points mostly were scored on lob dunks and corner threes, corner where somebody else got him open and got him the ball, or putbacks. And now nobody is giving him the ball in either of those situations. Which makes is the argument for Sloan to be in the lineup. I'm with you, and Cardi's not a one as much as they want to put him there. He's a, he's a fill in one, but he's not a one. He's yeah. not your he's not your number one one. Right. He's the he's the backup when you need it. There's no pressure. I'm not the guy. Right. Well, I thought it was interesting in Florida during important plays they were having Sneed run the point, told yeah. Cardi to get out of the way, which I hadn't seen before. So it's going to be a long year for me. With Cartier is uh, faster motor, and I know we could talk about. I'm just right oh, now yeah. I'm thinking about the backcourt. You have to you play how your point guard plays so often, and. Cardi is really, really good when he wants to be and plays up when he wants to, but I would want to see a more constant 75 miles per hour with cruise control than 68 in a 65. You got to go. You got to go. Well, this team has to go. And and right now, and and I did not watch minute for minute um, the Pitt game and the Bradley game, 
But leading up to that, to me, this is a team still let him get out and go. Don't ask him to run half-court offense all the time because they're a much better fast-breaking team. They need to run, especially with these freshmen. They got You've got two really athletic big men who can get up and down the court. Let them run. Uh, I, I like the idea. Cardi running the point on fast breaks is great. I don't think he wants the the title, the assignment, the weight that goes with being the point guard. He will do the job if he doesn't realize he's doing the job. Does that make sense? I'm the two. This guy's in charge of being the point guard and, you know, set up the half court. Now we've got to create something. But if I'm in the open court, I'm taking over, which I think's you know, a good way to do it. Barry did it. Barry was kind of the two. I think how he said it is he's, he's good at it in transition. Just don't ask him to do it in the half court. Don't, don't ask him to kind of manage things as a point guard needs to manage things. Well, well I mean, in, in that post game on the radio that, that Bruce said, he even said that, uh, you know, we've got to get better ball ball movement going side to side, and Cardi's got to trust the ball's going to go back to him. Because I guess he just he's saying that he thinks Cardi feels like if I pass the ball up, it's not going to come back my way. Which is kind of an, I mean, a pretty damning indictment of, of Cardi. I, I think like. it's honest. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times has he set himself up for ISOs this year? Yeah. And just ran into a charge or whatever. Yep. Just... And it was a charge, by the way. Some that fan... was the one against Pitt. Yeah. Fans yeah, are okay. trying to argue it wasn't a charge. It was a charge. You can be moving. He had, he beat him to the spot. But I, I don't fault Cardi. I didn't, I thought it was just great defense. How many does Howard scored on Saturday? Oh God! How many did he score last year? One hundred. He scored forty. Forty-five or forty-seven. And I think it was forty-five. And look, he was in the zone. He was at home. He'll go for a thirty-plus. I'll say thirty-two. I'll go with thirty-three and a half. One hundred. I feel like I'm going to be wrong. You're going to stick with a hundred. <laughs> you know, I bet. I bet. You know, K State. The one thing they can I, do most nights is play defense. They might show up. And I would like that only if he could recreate the Wilt Chamberlain, where he holds up a hundred. <laughs> hopefully, holding up a mercury paper when it shows like 100. I like it. There you go. You're so going to have them pre-printed for yeah, him. Exactly. Well, we we can we'll have his people call my people. It's they need to get back. They need to feel good. They need to beat up on them. They need to just do what they can do. And I'm, I'm with you guys. Well, they better win that Run. game because they're, they're not going to have any other opportunities for a decent non-con win. Yep. If they don't win get that Saturday. Up and down the court. You're better not in your half-court offense. Get up and down. Maybe your turnovers rise. They do defend. These freshmen are defending at a surprisingly good level. They still defend, but you got to find easier points, and that's your solution. Well, that's right. If they don't win that game, Kellis, their best non-con win will be uh, my North Dakota State Python. I think UNLV is actually ranked ahead of them. Ah. Sorry to break it to you. Well, yeah, but let, while we're on the topic of schedule strength, I'd really like to commend Bruce Weber for lining up. Who have we got? Arkansas Pine Bluff, ranked 339. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're finally A&M, ranked 341. And later this year, we get Alabama State, who's ranked 322. Oh, a powerhouse. Yeah. Nobody can schedule teams ranked 320 or lower like Bruce Weber. Uh, Man. Jim Wildridge is on the phone. <laughs> to talk to Tom Asbury wasn't far away. <laughs> and, and really, you know, that's been my thing is even with a good record, that kind of scheduling kind of seals your fate that you really have to be – good in your conference mm-hmm. to get in the tournament. You just don't have the wins to go talk about. And right now, the last thing this team needs to be worried about is any postseason play. Just go beat people and get better. Improve. Make the future better. And I say if it really starts to go in the tank, put those three freshmen on the court all the time. 
just let him go. Kellis, what did you think about Bruce comparing it to that team from a few from however many years ago that you would have covered? Did you think that was just like why did he do this? Um, no, I thought it was an okay comparison. Okay, because I thought that team was dead in the water too. Really, not only did they lose two in Puerto Rico, they opened the year with the loss to Northern Colorado. Was that the Foster, Foster freshman, freshman year? year. Yeah. But then when everybody thought things were done, they won nine straight games. So, Well, if someone can become good Marcus Foster, then they'll be okay. That team had uh, something this team doesn't have, which was uh, set-in role players who were willing to mm-hmm. lead everybody, like Spradling and Gibson and those guys. This team does not. So. Yeah, because nobody knows their role. Nobody can figure out. It's just they're not settling into roles like they should be. But we have That's our roles. It's got it talent, though. They've they, got talent. They may know it. I'm just not sure they want to do it. They're buying in. Yeah. That's I, I think the crazy thing is, too, guys, when you think about it, if, like, you're a fan doesn't really get to watch a lot of the games, but you just go and look at the, the stat line, you're like, how is Cardi not playing well? He set this record for most assists through however many games. Was it six now? And, and it's like we just got to watch the games. That's why stats can be misleading sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he, he – you know, we talked about him not being a true six? point guard. He does give people the ball, he but does. it's just screwing him up in the process. I think he's capable of still being a good assist player from the two, and maybe he'll mm-hmm. be more settled there. He's just not a pure shooter. The fact that he hasn't played a lot of basketball in his life shows up in that part of the game. The repetitive shooting that you build up, the muscle memory you build up, just isn't there with a the young man, and you know, it is what it is. But we'll see. Welcome to December. Yeah, yeah. Teams, you know what? Teams change a lot over that holiday break. When they get through the rest of this semester and they get in the holiday break, some teams get really markedly better, and other teams go down the tubes at that time. We'll see if K State, with un- un- uninterrupted practice, can really become a more efficient team. How's Fort Myers? Generally, generally all of Bruce's best teams have figured it out around Christmas. Right. They always have that big win right around Christmas break that gets it going. So that'll be kind of the sign I'm looking for. Was Fort Myers lovely? Yeah, I was going to... It was very nice. 85 degrees, sunny. They said uh, at the game, it's the sunniest city in Florida. The sunniest city in Florida. I don't doubt it. I didn't see a cloud Mm. the whole time I was there, so... That seems like such a hard claim to make, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was probably made up, but... Yeah. It served served that day. Went to the beach. Do you think there's a rainiest town in Florida that they advertise that? Ooh. Probably somewhere in, Orlando, the, probably. somewhere in the Everglades. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you say Lake o- Okeechobee? Yeah. I have a nice reference there. Very nice. Florida. It was the North Pole here Saturday night. <laughs> I was born in West Palm Beach. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I remember it well. I Sunshine it. State. I moved it six months. I took the missus to Key West once and it rained the whole time. So. Oh, <laughs> well. Luckily, they had bars. <laughs> That's it for the Paracat Insiders podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Matt? I'm done. Okay. We're Uh, done. We appreciate you listening. We hope we got this in uh, and you got to be able to listen to it before the basketball game because next week we will talk about the basketball game. It's very confusing. I know, but we'll be back next week. Babyface. You've been listening to the Paracat Insiders podcast presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.